This is the Golden V Podcast. The Golden V Podcast is a Vancouver, Canada-based podcast talking Vancouver sports. We talk about hockey, football, baseball, soccer, and other sports, including the Canucks, Lions, Vancouver Whitecaps, Canadians, and any other relevant sports news in the Vancouver, Canada area. This is Season 3, Episode 18 of the Golden View Podcast. I recorded this episode with Nyla Donahoe from Seas Plus Baseball. Nyla is also the in-game announcer at all Vancouver Canadians games this year. And with Major League Spring Training starting this week, and Blue Jays players and prospects reporting, I went through with Nyla reviewing some of the Jays' top prospects, a lot of them who happened to play in Vancouver last season, with the Canadians being the Blue Jays' high-A affiliate. Take a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode of the Golden View Podcast, streaming live to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Golden View Podcast. I'm going to repurpose this podcast to our Buzzsprout page as well. And I'll give you that Buzzsprout page name and number in a bit. But first, let's welcome back our friend, Nile Donahoe from Seas Plus Baseball. Nile, how are you? Good, Ben. How about yourself? Happy New Year, like we said off the air before we started. Happy belated New Year. But uh, yes. here's, here's, here's why we're here. We're here because of the Canadians news that was recently announced that Brent LaValle is returning to the Canadians as manager for the third season. So I wanted to check in with you because we probably would have done a little spring training kind of preview. Anyway, probably after the dust had settled and the major league season had started and all the cascade of prospects had, uh, you know, made it back to their, to the Canadians and to, for those who don't know, the double A New Hampshire team, the Fisher Cats and the triple A Bisons. But let's talk a little bit about Brent returning. Cause I know when you and I texted a bit, you had some thoughts about that. Uh, I was very surprised that uh, Branch is back. Uh, certainly happy to have him back. Um, I thought right. uh, he might have been going to uh, New Hampshire, and um, you know, I guess, I guess the Blue Jays kind of believe in continuity as far as their minor league system goes. Casey Candell, who was the uh, Canadians manager back in 2019, he's back again right. with AAA Buffalo, and uh, Cesar Martin uh, is also back with AA New Hampshire. So uh, the only I guess the only uh, big change as far as uh, Dunedin goes uh, was uh, their manager uh, being changed. Uh, Johnny Murphy, who was a Canadians manager in 2021, the Hillsborough year, he's now the bench right, coach right. at AAA Buffalo. So, yeah, so a bit, a, bit of, a little bit of shuffling, but for the most part, uh, Brent Lavalley, I mean, it'll be great to have him back uh, at the helm again, and I'm sure he's looking very much forward to running it back and trying to make the Northwest League Finals for a third consecutive year, and hopefully – uh, a back-to-back title. Right. And so we're going to tackle a couple things in this session because we're going to talk about Brent. Uh, there's another piece of news that popped up. I saw that Ashley Stevenson was nominated into the uh, Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, which was also awesome news uh, to see that. And Ashley is obviously back with the team again this season. And I'm just trying to think of what else I had grabbed off social media. That was one of the main ones, 24, 2024 inductee for Ashley into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, which is huge. Obviously, uh, she's back as a coach with the C's this year. Um, but one of the things I want to dig into, and I mentioned to you, was Keegan Matheson. I subscribed to his sort of Blue Jays beat article you can get for Major League Baseball. And over the past couple of months, there's been a lot of talk in there. And one of the things we always talk to you about, which is 
Blue Jays prospects. And we're really at the heart at the high A level with the Vancouver Canadians of the Blue Jays prospects, right? Because I wrote for batter's box last year, once a week. And we'll talk about that, but I want to address one thing in one thing in Keegan's article, when he talked about the infield depth of the Blue Jays signing Justin Turner and Isaiah Kinner, Halefa, who played for the Yankees, the mention of Damiano Palmagiani, which I, who I saw play with the season 2022 and also someone like David Schneider. So can you elaborate on those two a little bit? Well, David Schneider, I don't think he really has a set position. It looks like they're going to toggle him between second base and left field. Uh, certainly there's right. a lot of, uh, a lot of infielders in the mix right now uh, at major league level and at triple a Buffalo, Damiano Palmagiani, uh, who ended right. last year in Buffalo and probably will start there again this year, I would imagine. And I'll tell you what, he's kind of made a nice little rise for himself. As you mentioned, it was only here in Vancouver, uh, in the 2022 season. And we got to see him uh, uh, leave the yard a few times. And uh, yeah, we did. That's right. It'd That's be right. tremendous to see him uh, hopefully in Toronto. I mean, that, that would be huge. Um, but uh, as far as uh, David Schneider goes and I'm sorry, the other name I'm totally forgetting right now. Uh, it was David Schneider and it was Damiano Palmigiani. And yeah. what, we oh, had, okay. right. what we had <laughs> talked about too was how, with Justin yeah. Turner signing with the Jays for one year and That's Isaiah right. yeah. uh, Kenner Falefa, who they also signed. Um, I want to talk a little bit about that cascade of prospects, right? Because like I said, we're at the hotbed in a ways a lot for the Jays. Like we've seen some guys come through in the last few years and we're going to talk about him next. Palmagiani is one of them. Davis is another. And the other guy I was thinking about was Addison Barger. Yeah, Addison Barger, he didn't have quite as good a year in 2023. Of course, uh, there was uh, some injuries uh, factoring in as well. But, uh, you know, still made it a triple-A Buffalo and holding his own. And, uh, you know, he's he's got a good left-handed bat, very powerful. And, yeah, he could be somebody who could emerge next year. I mean, certainly he was uh, in Vancouver a lot longer than I expected. I thought he was going to get promoted to uh, – to double a a lot sooner than he was, which happened, I believe it was, uh, I guess, early July, if memory serves correct. But I remember when I did speak to Addison, when I did get a hold of him for uh, C's plus baseball, uh, the first thing I said to him is, I'm, I'm surprised you're still here. So I mean, yeah, I remember uh, you telling me that last year when yeah. we did the show, just that, yeah. um, just how he, um, how a guy like that had, you know, made that progression, but he'd been stuck in single a and he'd been player of the week and, I still have the picture actually from 2022. I think I saved off the Canadians Facebook page. Um, but Addison is interesting, right? Because he's one of those guys who's sort of right on the tip of cracking the major league lineup. Um, and just looking at uh, this article from Keegan Matheson, it says that Barger was the darling of a camp a year ago, like you said, ran into problems in AAA, including injuries. Um, compare him to outfielder Brett Laurie, which is an interesting uh, comparison um, and what he says here, and I want your thoughts, and this is Keegan Matheson's article, Barger's ticket, making himself the next man up in the outfield because the infield is crowded enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly Barger has a really good throwing arm, and I think, uh, certainly, I think he's more than athletic enough to be able to handle the outfield. I think it's just right. a matter of maybe getting him some more reps in the big grass, so to speak, uh, uh, probably in the corners. But uh, I think infield-wise, uh, 
you know, I, I thought he was serviceable during his time here in Vancouver, but, uh, but yeah, it's all about, uh, you know, helping out the big club. And right now it looks like the outfield, I mean, it looks like the Blue Jays aren't going to make any other uh, big free agent signings unless there's a trade that comes out of nowhere. Um, right. You know, Jason Turner's really been, uh, I guess, the big bat addition so far. And he'll probably spend most of his time as designated hitter. But, uh, but yeah, definitely Barger is certainly going to be in the mix. And uh, who knows, maybe yeah. we will see in Toronto in 2024 at some point. Yeah, and let's let's kind of run through some of these because you you and Jerry from C's Plus Baseball, um, obviously, and I want to share C's Plus Baseball just while we're chatting because, or sorry, not C's Plus Baseball, but Batters Box because you and Jerry uh, with that site and Jerry's run it for so long. We had Jerry on the show back in October. Like, I think this is the place to go if you want to get Blue Jays information and prospects, not just because I write for it, but I see the stuff that people like Jerry put out and I saw the in-depth nature of those um those prospects. So there's a couple other guys I want to zero in on. Um, one of them is Alan Roden. Where does a guy like Alan Roden fit this year in the Jays plans? Does he make it as high as AAA Buffalo? Does he stay in New Hampshire? Um, just trying to think, um, just trying to think um, where else you can go. Right. Because he's another prospect, right? I mean, let's, we'll, we'll dive into some of the others, but I'm trying to think of who else. Well, Alan Roden, as you mentioned, uh, it looks like he will probably begin the year at AAA Buffalo. And, uh, you know, just uh, for an aside, Scott Mitchell at TSN, uh, he recently released his top 50 prospects uh, in the Blue Jays system. Um, And he usually usually, uh, uh, predicts where each player will start the 2024 season. And for the most part, he's really bang on with his predictions. And Alan Roden is somebody that he expects will start – in AAA Buffalo, and that wouldn't really be a surprise. He was outstanding here in Vancouver. Had he was. He streaks was. and base streaks like you wouldn't believe. Uh, got the call to AA New Hampshire and also did very well there. So I would expect uh, Roden as well to be in uh, AAA Buffalo. And um, I think the question with him is, can he tap into a little bit more power? Uh, I think he's capable of it. Um, I mean, he had a few drives that went off the big right field wall of Vancouver. So I think the power is there. And knows maybe it's just another, you know, right. it might just be, a, you know, maybe a different facility. Because I kind of wonder sometimes, you know, some, some of the balls that go off a high right field wall, would they leave other ballparks? So, I mean. I know you've said that before, and it's kind of interesting, yeah. right? And it's one of those things, too, I think, where um, we're kind of in a unique position here now because I asked you to be on the podcast. My podcast is based around you know, focusing on Vancouver sports teams, Canadians, uh, Warriors lacrosse, BC Lions, you know, Canucks, all the sort of Vancouver sports teams, regardless of size and stature. I mean, this is not a, this is like, like the Canadians are not a major league ball team, but fans in Vancouver treat them like one. And so when you see um, guys make it that much farther, you kind of, you're excited about that, right? Like, what are your thoughts? Because I know I am especially with the amount of in-depth research I did this year with, with writing for batter's box and getting to know guys like Alan Roden. And then you talk about Josh Kasovich and then on the pitching side, we're talking about guys like Chad Dallas. Right. So. Yeah, it's, it's really cool because, you know, unfortunately, you know, for the communities that lost teams, you know, through the minor league baseball restructuring, you know, with the pandemic and all that, you know, it's a shame that those communities had to lose out on baseball but on the other okay. hand, now that Vancouver is, uh, you know, is still around as a professional affiliate, 
of the Blue Jays. Uh, it seems like players are just going to get uh, from Vancouver to Toronto a, a little bit more quicker. I mean, you had David Schneider here in 2022. Uh, right. You had Cam Eden also uh, in 2022 and also time in 2019, 2021. Uh, Alec Manoa. Uh, in 2019, you know, you're seeing these guys star at the major league level now. I know Manoa had a had a tough 2023 to say the least, but uh, he did. I think I think he'll bounce back in 2024. I'm pretty confident. I think he will too. I think okay. he will too. I think people are too will. quick. Um, there's a couple other uh, things I want to talk about. We're just going to stick to obviously the C's Plus Baseball site. Uh, you know, the guys that you talked about on Batters Box, but Tyler Zickel, who you know obviously from, from your work with the Canadians now, and if people don't know. You're the Canadians in-game announcer. So you announce all the players home and away at the game, which makes you such a great connection. But Tyler Zickel actually shared this too on Twitter the other day about non-roster invitees for spring training. And so some guys really stood out to me here. Um, Andres Sosa, who I remember from 2022. Uh, Alan Roden, we've talked about. Palmagiani, we've talked about. Um, a couple other guys. Cam Eaton, you mentioned. Chad Dallas, I mentioned. Uh, Ricky Tiedemann is another. So Ricky Tiedemann is actually, in my research, and you can correct me on this, he's the number one prospect in the Blue Jays system, is he not? Yes, he is. And I think for him, it's just a matter of being able to stay healthy and log some innings. And uh, unless he has the spring training of a lifetime, I'm sure he's going to be back with AAA Buffalo. That's where he ended uh, last right. season. And for and as well, it's just a matter of trying to get some innings under his belt. I think he only pitched about, I believe, it was around 50 innings, if memory serves correctly. And right. you really want to be careful when it comes to you know pitchers uh, logging too many innings. And uh, you know, speaking of Alec Manoa, maybe that was a big concern that you know he was a 200 inning pitcher in 2022. Maybe that kind of caught up to him as well. All right. Uh, so yeah, you have to be careful about you know. I think it's usually I think conventional wisdom suggests. You know, maybe you try to maybe increase a pitcher's workload by about 30 innings a year. Um, you know, I, but really, uh, 200 inning pitchers, you know, they're kind of going the way of the dinosaur, the way with, uh, you know, they're, they're becoming really rare and bullpens are, you know, just a big part of today's game as well. But, um, but yeah, I think uh, Ricky Tiedemann, I think we are going to see him here. You will probably start in the bullpen, it sounds like, when he does get called up. Not right. sure when that'll be. Might might be around the All Star break, maybe sooner. Who knows? But yeah, it'll be interesting to monitor how he does in Buffalo, and you know, and see how things are going from there. Yeah, and that's interesting. Because I was just looking at some stuff from uh, Batters Box, and obviously the research that I did. Uh, Ricky had 140 pro innings under his belt over two seasons. And uh, you said here there's a theory that you promote pitchers quickly as they have so many innings in their arms. Uh, you projected him as a reliever. Um, just looking down at, here too. Another the guy. At least yeah, the start. Right. I'm sure, right. You know, obviously the goal is if you can get him in the rotation, but I think right. it's just probably just to manage his workload that he probably will be in the bullpen to start. Right. Okay. So let's continue because we've got a lot of, we've got some ground to cover here. And we want to try and get in as many of these guys in as we can. Adam Mako is another guy that stood out for me last year. Purely by coincidence for me, I happen to be writing a lot of batter's bots, box updates. Um, when Adam Mako was pitching. And so I actually have uh, a reach for that. I got my baseball prospectus here. So Adam Mako is an interesting one too, right? Because when you think about how he came to the Blue Jays organization through that trade with the Mariners, 
what is a guy like Mako going to be up to this year for lack of a better term? Well, he should definitely get uh, his first taste of double A action. And uh, Mako was a huge right. reason why the Canadians, uh, I thought, you know, he set the tone in game one with five shutout innings. And uh, that really set the tone um, against the Everett Aqua Sox. And eventually the Canadians did go on to win that series in four games. But uh, Mako, he really turned it on in August, September. I believe his last 15 innings were shutout innings. Uh, including the postseason. He ended the year with a Northwest League Pitcher of the Week Award. So um, tremendous stuff. Uh, you know, he's got all the tools in the toolbox, just a matter of, you know, just refining it and, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, maintain control and command and that sort of thing. Of course, that's always the story with all the pitchers. But uh, Mako was, was a revelation definitely in August, September. Had a bit of a tough start, but, you know, the nice thing for him was he stayed healthy and that was huge. So, I mean, he had a couple of false starts. You know, he had some injury troubles. But uh, this year, he's able to stay healthy. I believe he made every one of his starts. Uh, I don't recall him missing any. Uh, and again, he was absolutely huge in the postseason, uh, pitching in his former uh, ballpark, uh, Funko Field at Everett Memorial uh, Stadium. So. Uh, right, right. I remember, And I remember being thinking about you telling me that last year uh, and having a bit of a chuckle at the whole uh, naming of that Everett Everett ballpark being called Funko Field, which I found kind of entertaining. And I was trying to figure out why did they call it Funko Field? And I couldn't remember. And I actually went and looked it up. I have it somewhere. Um, I'm just trying to look through some of the other uh, names that I recognized through Tyler's tweet here, because there's quite a few. Devereaux Harrison is another one. Can you give us any sort of information on um, Devereaux Harrison and sort of what's expected for him next year? He was definitely a breakout prospect uh, for the Canadians this year. He came up uh, late in the season in 2022 after he was drafted out of Long Beach State. Uh, Harrison started the year uh, as a reliever, and uh, they put him in the starting rotation one day. I believe it was early in the year against Tri-City. And, right. you know, when I, when I heard that, uh, okay, he's getting the start today. So I'm figuring, okay, maybe he'll get two, maybe three innings most. Uh Nope. All he does is go five innings on 53 pitches and very instrumental in that win. It really became, right. uh, I guess you could say really the ACE, uh, maybe along with Adam Mako of that starting rotation, uh, you know, right. Michael Dominguez as well. He also had a good first half as well before he got called up. But uh, Harrison, I thought was a revelation of the season because we only saw him in a, in a relief role. Uh, he didn't pitch all that much in 2022. Of course, you know, right. after he getting drafted, you know, teams want to be careful with, uh, pitching prospects and make sure they're good to go for 2023. But I thought Harris was outstanding. I know game two didn't go the way he wanted, but honestly, he was a big reason why the Canadians were uh, able to win the first half and reach the uh, Northwest league final, but he was outstanding and he will probably be in double a, I would think, uh, I believe that's what Scott Mitchell's projecting as well, that he'll definitely be uh, at double a in New Hampshire uh, for 2024. Okay. Yeah. I'm just looking through down some more names here. I recognize uh, from your article, and this is uh, the top prospects on battersbox.ca. Find Nile at 2J Brumfeld, if I have it correctly. Um, Brum, I'm just looking at it. Yeah. Brumfeld, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and obscure who's, who's, uh, who's uh, Jersey, uh, I guess, a quick aside, uh, <laughs> the reason why I picked that nickname, uh, Battersbox, uh, they had, a, I guess, a baseball day in Canada get-together in Toronto, Um 
I, I hadn't been a member of the website yet. I was just kind of there lurking. I thought, okay, let's, I'll go out there with, with my, uh, my better half. And uh, we hung out there and uh, that was the Jersey. I was wearing the, uh, the blue Jays at their shop. They would issue <laughs> jerseys. Uh, and I had a Brumfield Jersey and uh, number two is my favorite number. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I wore that. And so I just decided, okay, I'll, I'll, adopt that as my nickname so there you go yeah no and i you know i can't no, really say enough <laughs> enough good things about batter's box not like not just writing for it and i had jerry on the show back in october and just jerry's whole whole like modus operandi or why he does batter's box and you know how how social media and analyzing prospects in baseball and facebook groups he said there's a lot of uncivilized kind of trash talking kind of chatter Whereas batter's box is about for serious baseball fans who love the game, but who also want to analyze the game and don't want all that kind of trolling and garbage, right? They want to get the information from, I don't want to use the term experts because I don't know if any of any of us is an expert, but I know for the fact that, you know, like I really appreciated when Jerry came on my show and we talked about batter's box and he added a lot. And so, I want to take that opportunity again to plug Jerry and I also want to share C's plus baseball in the chat was how I first discovered you just because of, um, that's how you met. And then we got, then we got, uh, we got connected. And so I just want to, sh- I want to share, uh, C's plus baseball here and you can give me a little bit of a breakdown on the site. I know that's an easy thing for you to do. Yeah, it was a site I started, um, Behind the scenes, I kind of did it as a trial run 2016. And then 2017, I bought the uh, domain name cspluspaseball.ca. Uh, right. Um, I don't know. I, I use the plus kind of like, uh, uh, you know, plus pitching, you know, or, or plus hitting, you know, that sort of thing. Kind of the scouting uh, terminology. So I hope it's right. uh, considered uh, plus coverage of the Cs. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've started that since 2017. Uh, Rob right. Fay. Uh, the former voice of the Canadians. He was uh, gracious enough to grant me media credentials, uh, saw what I was doing. So he was an early supporter of the blog, which was great. That's awesome. And, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, so that's, yeah. And it was a good good year to start 2017. That was a, a championship season for the Canadians. So I think that right. really kind of helped uh, get the blog off the ground. And a lot, a lot of the players from that 2017 team were gracious enough to give me their time uh, and allow me to interview them. And uh yeah, that's basically how it's started ever since. And what I see it as, uh, C's Plus Baseball, what I see it is C's Plus because I don't think it's a C-plus site. Like, I think it's an A-plus site because I read your stuff and I just think nobody else in Vancouver is doing what you're doing covering the Canadians, man. And you got the inside track because you work at the ballpark, and I think that makes a difference. And maybe Rob recognized that, your level of commitment to baseball and just covering the organization and you're the guy, like I see your Instagram account and I see what you share and it's like, you've got access to anybody and everybody and you seem to get all the best details out there. Well, thank you very much. Well, I mean, it's really a, a labor of love. I love doing it. And uh, I'm just, Big I'm time. very thankful the Canadians uh, have uh, put up with me this long and I hope <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Well, thanks again now. Um, I don't think I have too much more for you this time. Um, just wanted to check in with you. We'll check in with you probably back in April once the once the sea season gets underway. Uh, I shared a bunch of stuff here in the chat. I've shared the the batter's box site, and I've got a number of um, 
links I've posted uh, for battersbox.ca for our Buzzsprout page, which I'm going to mention, which is buzzsprout.com 1869778 forward slash episodes. I've also redirected it and set up golden goldenvpodcast.ca as well as info at goldenvpodcast.ca if you want to co- connect with us via email to cover some Vancouver sports. So thanks again now, and we will talk to everyone soon. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's Season 3, Episode 18 of the Golden Feed Podcast with Nilo Donahoe, who is the Vancouver Canadians in-game announcer again this season. Nilo also runs C's Plus Baseball. I'll give you that address again on the web, cspluspaceball.ca. Nile has a ton of stuff on C's Plus Baseball, especially throughout the season. He has the inside track at the games with all the players and coaches. Nile is probably what I have said, and I said it on the podcast, one of the best, if not the best resource in the city of Vancouver for all things uh, Canadians. Please check him out, and we'll talk to you next week. This is the Golden Bee Podcast. The Golden Bee Podcast is a Vancouver, Canada-based podcast talking Vancouver sports. We talk about hockey, football, baseball, soccer, and other sports, including the Canucks, Lions, Vancouver Whitecaps, Canadians, and any other relevant sports news in the Vancouver, Canada area.